0: On your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors, things ain't going so hot for your 1 and 3 Raptors, but there are certainly things to like from the first four games, right? Oh, like cuz when I shot it, I expected to make it. So like, I don't shoot kind of miss. So.
1: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: What's going on and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Raptors, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Wednesday, November the 1st. Happy Halloween to all who celebrated last night. It's not Halloween anymore. I don't know why I'm saying happy Halloween. I missed the boat. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I am your host, Sean Woodley. We cover the Toronto Raptors now for nine seasons on various platforms. Ten seasons. I don't know why I reverted back to nine. I have yet to have my coffee yet. I have it here. It's yet to be started. That's why I'm messing up this intro. Uh, You can find the show for free on your favorite podcast apps. As always, you can find us on YouTube. Hit the big notification button to get uh, reminders every time episodes are going live so you never miss one. Uh, And, of course, you can find the show on the website that doesn't really work anymore, at WoodleySean. You can find it on Instagram at LockedOnRaptors. And we are on Discord. The link is in the description of the podcast. Please come hang out. We'd love to see you in there. It's a great little community. We got building around the show. Plenty of uh, you know, I think pretty level-headed reactions to the one and three start to the season, some spiraling, some group therapy, and a whole lot of fake trade machining. It's all in there. Come hang out in the Locked On Raptors Discord. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet that wins. That's $150. Bucks. If your team wins, visit fanduel.com/slash locked on to get started, and we will get started by bringing in our guest today from Dime, from Basketball Feelings, from uh, just being a generally lovely person, Katie Heindel's here. Katie, what's up?
2: Hi, man. Um, I almost got tricked last night. I found I was like, thought I was a very cyber savvy person, and I did this NBA Live event on mm-hmm. Twitter uh, after the games last night, mm-hmm. and at one point, Joe Biden was... <laughs> In the room, I was like, "Maybe he has a blue (laughs) check mark." But then I remember, maybe he just really
0: likes Wemby.
2: (laughs) Well, would have I was like, "It's obviously not Biden anyway." It would have been like a keen Biden staffer. But then I'm Mm. like, "No, that's not how the stupid check marks work anymore." So I got duped. But other than that, I'm great.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry you got duped by fake Joe Biden. I know. uh, Happens
2: to the best of us. (laughs) have <laughs> been surprised the real Joe Biden.
0: Probably. More than probably anybody, Every I day. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> we'll steer clear of that for now. Uh <laughs> Katie, welcome to the show. It's lovely to have you. Um, we're coming off watching Victor Wembanyama do Victor Wembanyama things. That's very exciting and fun. More exciting and fun, arguably, than the Toronto Raptors have been so far this season. But that's okay. We're mm-hmm. gonna spend today's show. Trying to glean the positives. You know, this is going to be a weird and gross analogy, but you know when you used to get your head checked for lice at school? and that's they never like, happened that to me. But that I, never happened to you? Like they I've you seen a... it
2: in enough shows and movies. No, they never did that at my school. I
0: Damn, guess we were well, very clean. Yeah, it was like a wiki rite of passage of mine. I guess we were not. Uh, (laughs) You know how you take that little comb and you go through the hair and you get the little knits out? And it's like, oh, yeah, we got that good thing. It's not good in this case. It's bad. It's a lice knit. But in this case, we're going to take a comb to the Toronto Raptors first four games and pull out those little good bits, pull out the stuff That we're liking so far. I've totally ruined the concept of this literally insane analogy. analogy. But like I said, it's very early as we record. I have yet (laughs) to consume all of the Joe. Deal with it. We're going to use bad analogies while we can. Uh, We'll also take a look at the Bucks and Sixers back-to-backs. Talk about some potential outcomes that would amuse us from the next couple games. Uh, But let's start off with stuff that we're liking about this season so far. And Katie, I would like to begin with an impassioned plea for the world to please appreciate really good defense when it's right in front of their faces. Uh, Right now, the Toronto Raptors are the number four defense in the NBA. They are elite in the NBA at half of the game. That, to me, is something to be a little bit excited about. No, the offense is not going to be good this year. Yes, it has been, like, historically bad so far. They currently have the worst half-court offense in the NBA, and it's like, by a lot, 77.1 is their half-court offensive rating per cleaning the glass. Uh, the next worst team is the Portland Trailblazers, who just beat them. 81.2 is their half-court offense offensive rating. That is, it's really bad, Katie. It's been a really, really tough scene, but they're kind of keeping themselves in all of these games. They are keeping themselves in all of these games because their defense is monstrous, and it's, Really fun to watch. And I just, I feel like, yes, the offense, and maybe I've been guilty of this of kind of like putting the offense on a pedestal is like, oh, well, like th- this is the thing that we talk about because it sucks and we're getting very mad about it all the time. And I understand it, but I feel like there's not been nearly enough appreciation for the number two half court defense in the nba which is held by the toronto raptors uh and all of the immense defensive talent that is on this roster am i out on this weird island just screaming about lice are you with me on this island uh am i making a straw man is this being appreciated more than it is i just feel like the tone around the team right now among the fan base i feel like i have a decent pulse on the fan base because i'm immersed in many online spaces where the fan base hangs out I feel like it's all about the offense stinking and there's like very little appreciation of a thing that the Toronto Raptors are doing at a top of the league level. Again, that is 50% of the game of basketball. I'm enjoying it. Katie, are you?
2: You're on Lice Island alone. (laughs) Um, What is, can I ask, do you have their um, defensive writing handy as compared to the rest of the league?
0: Yeah. uh, So their half court defense, I'm looking at this right now. They are the number two half court defense in the league right now. 83.1 defensive rating. That's really bloody good. The Clippers are at 81.5 and they are 4.6 points ahead of the third place Boston Celtics who are at 87.7 in the half court. Like, Teams are not scoring on the Toronto Raptors when things bog down. And I think that's cool, Katie. And I'll put right now in terms of overall defensive rating, they are number four mm-hmm. in the NBA. Uh, of course, they are 30th in offense, which, uh, you know,
2: <laughs> that's, a little bit of a
0: description. We understand it's bad. We know there's just other good stuff happening beyond the bad offense, is my kind of point here.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'll, the silver lining I will offer, I think my stance hasn't honestly really changed um Mm. i don't feel like people should panic and if they are i think they didn't listen specifically to me when i said (laughs) this is a good season to manage your expectations yeah um it's very hard not to go into a season and have outsized expectations especially when you've got all these kind of you've got a new coach you pretty much have a new team where they're like this is a new look preseason raptors yeah like we're gonna have an entirely new style of play like nothing will be familiar which is True and not true. I think like the half court offense feels too familiar, probably to some people. Um, (laughs) But generally, with with
0: whole new unfamiliar ways in which they stink, it's great. Yeah,
2: that's true. (laughs) I think when you implement and introduce that many new things, it's gonna even for like a. And the Raptors are. I I do still think of technically that is in their technical capabilities. Um, Good team. Mm-hmm. I think the execution is going to take some time to catch up. Like, this mm-hmm. feels like a bit of a, a, a haywire machine right now. I'm going to try my own analogy. Yeah. Um, Lice free, but it feels like a bit of a <laughs> machine that's just kind of like there's smoke coming out one part of it. Another part mm-hmm. of it is like working, you know, hummingly. Another part of it um, is, I don't know, melting. Down another part of it just like won't turn on. I think Mm -hmm. it's going to take a little while for things to get humming and like work together. The while could still be a while from now, which is I know probably not the most heartening thing to hear. Like, I don't look at what likes to wait for
0: stuff, Katie. You can't be doing that. I just
2: don't think that this is a team that I like. I could still see, like, you know, by the end of November, they're still, they're like, they're definitely going to have to figure something out. Mm -hmm. But I think if you went into the season thinking like they were going to get more wins than they did last year, I would say you're not really managing your expectations properly. It's like we said, like an overachievement would be the best case scenario. The worst case scenario is of course things staying as they are. Um, But generally like I still, now I feel cursed because I've talked so much about how much I like the ball moving. And I feel like most Raptors fans are like, I'm sick of it already, (laughs) including I saw, um, a quote by Jacob hmm. when he was talking about it and he just said, you know, it just feels like we're all forcing it and we're all forcing, trying to get something going, which mm-hmm. is very much what it looks like. But to me, that is something that like someone's going to figure it out at some point. Yeah, I hope they all figure it out. <laughs> but if like one or two guys do, then I think they'll be in pretty good shape.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, is like the defense is at such a level that, the bar for the offense to clear for this team to start turning these narrow losses into wins is not exactly high, right? Like, mm-hmm. even you know, with how bad the offense has been so far, they are like they've lost all of the all their losses have been single digit losses. And I know this is like damning with faint praise and all that stuff. Oh, there's moral victories. No, there's no moral victories. It sucks. They're one in three. It's been bad. The yeah, Blazers loss losing. was pretty yeah. unforgivable, but. <laughs> the defense is at such a level and I don't think there's anything going on with the defense that looks particularly like wrong or unsustainable or whatever. Like they're an immensely talented defensive team of their 11 best players. Nine of them are plus defenders. And some of them are among the best defenders in all of basketball. Like Scotty Barnes is currently one of the sort of like shortlist guys for defensive player of the year. If you hand that out after four games, he's been incredible. And so like, there's a lot to like with that end of the floor. And the nice thing about that end of the floor, too, Katie, is that it feeds the offense. Their transition attack has been incredible. They are number three right now in terms of points added per 100 possessions via transition on cleaning the glass. Uh, They're number two in points per play in transition, which is a big jump up from last year where they really struggled to convert on the run. Uh, they got on the run a lot, but they didn't convert. They're at 154.2 offensive rating when it comes to their transition possessions. Like these are good signs, and I just don't see them being this bad on offense all season long. Especially because, like you mentioned, they're at the early stage of figuring out whatever this system is and figuring out what parts of this system are untenable. Like to me, Katie, an interesting and thing I think I kind of like about this start to the season as well is that there is like a challenge being posed to the people who run and play for the team. And I think that's interesting too. I actually want to get into this in just a sec. Katie, we'll do that momentarily before we do that. However, got to tell you that our good friends over at FanDuel, the number one sports book in the game, you got to go check him out right now, because right now you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And it's a super easy-to-use app. It's very seamless. It's very user-friendly. The user interface is awesome. And there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. You're talking about over-unders. You want to go take the under on Toronto Raptors points scored in any game they play? You could probably win some money doing that right now. You could also do the same for, in line with today's podcast theme, the defense. You know, what is it, the, the, the Bucks? You want to take the under on the Bucks in tonight's game? Probably not the worst idea in the world, the way the Raptors have defended so far. You can go ahead and do that by visiting fanduel.com slash locked on to kick off this NBA and, of course, the NFL season as it rolls along as well. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, we continue on here. Katie Heindel of Dime and Basketball Feelings is here. We're trying to dig into the stuff that uh, doesn't make us want to pull our hair out about this Toronto Raptors team, Katie. Um, I did run long there off the top. I do have a thing I want to get into regarding just sort of the process of watching a team adapt and learn from things that are not going well. But I do want to see the floor to you first. What's the thing that you've liked so far this year, Katie? What's the thing that's got you kind of being like, you know what? It's not all so bad.
2: Well, I did have one more point to make in the first sure. segment, yeah, um, which is, you know, Darko's running a 10-man rotation. The starters who are left on this team are really used to that mm-hmm. i think that's going to take a minute to gel too honestly yeah. um, and for everybody to kind of get into the rhythm of that because i would also say bench is not looking that deep that doesn't mean no. it'll stay that way <laughs> yeah. but if you're running a 10 person rotation you you need the, the bench to deepen
0: um <laughs> Dylan McDaniels if you hit a shot it would be pretty cool. Uh, just, mm-hmm. just an idea. Just, just like a thought. You know, mm-hmm. a shot. One, one shot. That's all. I, I think what one I two.
2: like still so far, and like what I think is a positive takeaway, is a lot of what I saw in the a home opener, um, and what we've kind of talked about in terms of how close these losses have been, mm-hmm. uh, which is that the energy has stayed fairly consistent
1: mm-hmm. throughout
2: games. We're not seeing it kind of fall off a cliff. In the third quarter, Mm -hmm. we're not really seeing the Raptors have to dig themselves out of too much of a hole and like play catch up for the entire fourth and then just be so depleted that they can't actually close the gap. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the ability to sort of stick around um, and be persistent, be a little bit gritty, um, I'm not really – I'm not trying to come. – I'd like to at this moment actually try and compare them to the Spurs because I would like that. (laughs) <laughs> but a lot of what I saw last night in that Spurs Suns game, you know, the Suns, even without Booker and Bradley Beal, are still a pretty effective shooting juggernaut. And
1: mm-hmm. like shout
2: out you to Watanabe, who is like <laughs> a shooter they are now really relying on mm-hmm. um, alongside Kevin Durant. But the Spurs just hung around, right? Like they just hung around. They were really annoying. They didn't like get their heads down too much at the losses. They didn't get that frustrated when their shots like really weren't falling, you know, and they just kind of kept it within range. I think the Raptors will probably have to win a lot of games that way. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're looking at a team that can, you know, handily win by 10 plus points. No, right. I think these wins are gonna be a bit a bit scrappy, <laughs> you know, a bit like, okay, let's try something. Let's be really unselfish, which they have been so far, which is like very cool to see. Let's dive for loose balls. You know, let's try and make every possession count. Um, I think some of that is getting lost when they're forcing these shots, right? And Mm -hmm. they're trying to just like, you know, as Pirtle said, make something happen. But Do ball um,
0: movement for the sake of ball movement. Which to be fair, that
2: seems to be their offensive MO,
0: right? It's like,
2: (laughs) this will spark something. Um, But maybe try some of these other things, right? Like these other like little intangible skills that we talk about to spark some of that uh, offensive energy and offensive juice or whatever. But yeah, generally I think the energy is staying consistent.
0: Yeah. I like, yeah, I think there was this notion that they like kind of laid down and died against the Blazers. I don't think that's true. I just think they did not play well, but I don't mm-hmm. think they were like passive in the way they let I mean, the game get away from They them.
2: did. And then they came back. Like that's yeah. the frustrating thing. Like sure. you make it to overtime and then you, you still oh, you lose the that Bulls game. game. Yeah. The Bulls. Oh, sorry. Game. Yeah. The Bulls yeah. game. Um, yeah. yeah sorry yeah the that game
0: Mm -mm. but yeah we don't talk about that anymore but yeah like that honestly like one of my most encouraging things from the weekend was like that team lays down and dies in that bulls game last year after losing in like losing the 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 plot and regulation like yeah they lost the game but like i didn't see them like kind of roll over and play like all right well yeah we'll come back tomorrow like no like i think We're still kind of assigning a lot of the feelings we had about last year's version of the team to this very new version of the team. And I I just don't think we've seen nearly enough to know exactly how the responses are going to be when things don't go perfectly well, right? I think we knew what those responses were going to be last year. They were going to be pretty lax and uh, not all that responsive. I think this year, you know, part of kind of going back to the original point I wanted to get into here, Katie, is I'm enjoying the idea that There is stuff to figure out. I don't think they're going to be this historically bad on offense all season long. And it's because like, there are still things to do within the offense that they're not really doing that they can adapt and change and tweak. And there are lots of different moves they have left to make. You know, there, there are uh, schematic changes where maybe you move Dennis Schroeder off the ball a little bit more. Maybe you bring him off the bench and you start Gary Trent Jr. to try to get him going alongside the Raptors best players and give Pascal and Scotty free reign to kind of run the offense as opposed to Dennis Schroeder being top 10 in the league in touches so far this year. Like it's not like there's no meat they're leaving on the bone here. There is, and they've got to try to find ways to extract it. But I think it's an interesting... And to me, I don't. maybe I'm just a rube, Katie. Maybe I just like the struggle. Maybe I like not watching perfect basketball all the time. Sue me. But I like the idea of watching a team kind of fight through and adapt and giving the new head coach the chance to take the information from the first four games and do what coaches do, which is coach and adapt and change things up to then procure better results down the line. And I just feel like and the quick urge to want to ship everybody off, and the quick urge to want to just tear it all down to the studs and say it's Scotty, Grady, and nothing else, I I just kind of feel like it's, uh, it's kind of missing kind of the point of the whole thing when you have a young and building team. And if your expectations coming into the season to your original point were tempered and normal i don't think a one and three start where the offense looks this bad and the defense looks this great should change your outlook on the team whatsoever i picked him to finish 42 and 40 because i thought the defense would be that legit and i was you know kind of banking it on a a bit of a jump from scotty barnes i don't think i expected this kind of jump from scotty barnes and for me like the win total prediction still feels pretty much fine and and kind of where they'll end up with a defense at this good like it's just it gives you a high floor um You know, we're talking about stuff that's good. Scotty Barnes. What have your thoughts been over the first week? Because I have just been so impressed. I think the conditioning has so obviously just been a game changer for him. He is taking and sort of imprinting himself onto games when they need him, to your you know, your point about them kind of surviving and fighting back in these games where they're not looking good. A lot of that is Scotty Barnes just saying, hey, it's my turn now, and I'm going to go score 16 points in a quarter. Um, what have your impressions of Scotty's start to the season been? We haven't chatted since the Scotty thing started to happen. It's awesome.
2: Uh, it's been really cool. It's been really cool to see. Um, I think he started playing through some of the overall like team frustrations, which is also cool to see. I I think to me, the biggest um, change from last year is him stepping into his physicality and realizing what he can do with it. You know, he can kind of get to spots. He can, he can make spots. He can muscle his way in. Um, I've liked to see him there even, you know, like kind of up, up around the rim, like defensively too. So yeah, I think that to me was something that some, there were games last year when he had it and then games where he looked really reluctant or like mm-hmm. a little bit lost. Um, mm-hmm. and even in the losses, I, I would say like, he doesn't look that way anymore. He definitely looks like he knows where he's supposed to be. He knows what he's doing. I think a lot of that comes down to the kind of two way communication mm-hmm. that, uh, Ryakovich and the coaching staff have really preached that they have and they're trying to, you know, treat a little bit differently this season. Um, Cause definitely there were times last year when he looked like he was really lacking instruction. Like you forget sometimes because I think of the expectations projected onto him. Um, he's a really young guy still. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. there's, yeah, there's like a lot, a lot he already had to live up to coming into the league. So I think to see him, kind of get off on a new foot with this it's been cool
0: yeah it's been a treat and i honestly think too one of the things i'm really looking forward to over the next few months like look i i kind of went on a, a bit of a thing yesterday on the website that doesn't work anymore about how i think it's dumb that we're jumping to the notion of trade so quickly And I do think it's dumb we're jumping to trades so quickly. Like, trades don't happen until December. Unless you're James Harden, you don't get traded until December 15th. So, what are we wasting our breath for here? We don't even know what kind of trades we're talking about because we don't have information uh, Mm -hmm. of of what's to come in the next two months. And frankly, I think, you know, the idea that, oh, this is just the same situation as last year is wrong because Scotty Barnes looks like that dude. And if Scotty Barnes is that dude, then the context around the entire team changes significantly. And I think the next few months are very much about figuring out, okay, if Scotty's this guy, how do the rest of the dudes fit here? And Mm -hmm. what is the sort of course forward? I don't think we know just yet what what those answers are. I don't think we know the answer to the Pascal or OG questions. I think, you know, obviously things have been a little rocky with the Pascal fit, but I think the game against the Blazers, as much as he went 0 of 6 from deep, the fact that he got 9 of 15 off from 2, That, to me, suggests, hey, they're working on kind of massaging that fit, Mm -hmm. and those two guys have a track record of working well together when the roster around them is conducive to letting them kind of do what they do. I I think the next few months are going to be super informative and give us basically the information we need or the front office needs to make the the decisions they got to make. All of the trade stuff is going to be warranted if it looks like this two months from now still. Obviously, I'm not saying that this is not going to happen. I'm not saying I'm not going to partake in fake trade marathons on this podcast between January and February because it probably will happen. But right now, like just give it some time to breathe and see what this new version of Scotty actually means for the context of this team. And to me, that's like an exciting thing to keep an eye on and watch for every single night. We'll come back on the side, Katie. We'll get into the Bucks and Sixers games, back-to-back, tonight and tomorrow, a couple big ones. You don't want to fall to 1-5, and five, one would think. Uh, it will be really hilarious if they win both of these games. And uh, is it on the table? Maybe not. But we'll get into uh, our hopes and dreams and expectations, what we're looking for in these two games coming up in just one second.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama.
0: All right, Katie. Let's uh, round it out here. Bucks tonight, Sixers tomorrow. The Sixers game is a TNT game. I didn't realize until watching that uh, Spurs Suns game last night. That's that's fun. The whole world will get to see the depths to which this <laughs> offense can fall. It's great. Um, but you know, tonight we get the first look at the Dame Giannis duo. The Bucks have been kind of uneven so far this year. The Sixers have been quite good. Tyrese Maxey is a problem. Um, we've already seen the Sixers. So maybe we kind of focus this on the Bucks a little bit more. Um, what are you looking for tonight? What are you excited about? What's got your uh, sort of attention as the Raptors take on the Bucks at home for the first time in the Dame Lillard era? We're not calling it, uh, what is it, Freak Time they're trying to call it? No, thanks. What are we doing? I like that, though. You like Freak Time? Okay. I think it's really if funny. If you like it, then it might be good. You have good taste in these I think
2: it's funny because it's so bad. Um, <laughs> and it's like such a... It's such like if you said it to someone who didn't
0: know you were talking about
2: it in context, it's even funnier. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) I might just say that to my grandma. Like, hey, grandma, you watching the game tonight? Freak time's happening. (laughs) I
2: mean, then that could just be like, she thinks like you're freaking out, right? Like it's (laughs) freaking out time. Um, I think in this game, I'm probably looking for more of that energy I, I talked about earlier and fight. Like mm-hmm. a bit of a fight to not get super flustered. Like Giannis is huge. He can go anywhere he wants. I would love to see. I wonder if like Pascal will be. Kind of, I would like to see this is like a nice kind of litmus test mm-hmm. for Pascal for OG, I think, uh, in terms of what they can do to try and stop somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, to allude to your point too, now is sort of the time because the Bucks have looked a little bit touch and go mm-hmm. as well. Um, Which is, I think they're just working a sort of gel together. I think they're really going to miss Drew Holiday a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And I think it's actually thrown Brooke Lopez into a bit of a kind of confused situation to not just have like somebody deflecting guys onto him.
0: Sure, sure. All the time. (laughs)
2: Um, Which is why he looked so incredible defensively last year. Anyway. um, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah, I think I'd also like to see, to a lesser degree, Scotty kind of step into that and basically just like as long as scotty is not stepping away from from anything physical in this game whether that's through with lopez or Giannis or anybody else i think um that will be really heartening to see i mean generally you just want to see consistency it'd be nice if they could get some shots up because man if they can't (laughs) the game's gonna be be pretty over and bad pretty quickly
0: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Hey, the Bucks come into this game with the 25th ranked defense in the NBA. Yes, the Blazers came into the last game with the 29th ranked defense, and it didn't matter. But mm-hmm. who's to say? Maybe going up against Giannis and Brooke Lopez will be the salve this I would. Need. You know
2: what I would actually like to see? I would like to see them try and capitalize on Lopez's kind of unsteadiness right now and try sure. and get up close and like try and get to the basket instead of trying to force these shots that like clearly mm. aren't going anywhere. Hmm. Just do that. That's
0: yeah, I, I mean, unstoppable force versus immovable object. The Brooke Lopez struggles versus the Yaka Pertle struggles. I've watching this one. Yeah. Um, I, I think it will be a pretty fun lit- litmus test for the defense going up against the Dame Giannis of it all. And it's not like Dame and Giannis have been kind of leaning into what will eventually be their best play. The Dame Giannis pick and roll has been pretty lightly used so far. Um, but, you know, having those two dudes on the floor, it's going to make for a challenge. And I do think like the Raptors are probably as equipped to guard this team as any team in the league between OG Pascal, Scotty Yak, as your sort of Giannis guys like yak I think kind of fits into the Casal role that he used to. So Excel at guarding Giannis. I think we've obviously seen OG as has his moments, scotty obviously is t- kind of taking a step on that end of the floor mm-hmm. and then you have dennis Schroder at the point of attack to chase around damian lillard like you can't really ask for better than that either he's a really good point of attack defender um i'm kind of fascinated by this matchup and i think hey maybe there's a chance here the raptors can capitalize on the bucks not looking so hot early in the year figuring things out throw a little junk at them with their defense and uh and see if they can pull one out i would not be shocked if they pulled out this game by any means, it's the early part of the season. Weird stuff happens all the time, um, and the Bucks have not been very good. They're minus two point two net rating. The Raptors are minus two point eight. It's uh, everyone in the East kind of sucks right now, Katie. I guess that's one last thing to note. Uh, no one's good at the moment. Uh, you know, like you can think the Raptors are special in their suckitude but no, uh, everyone's kind of going through it right now, except for Boston and Philly. It seems everyone's like the, the Cavs are one and three. The Bucks have a negative differential. Like it, it's early days. The heat, your beloved heat not looking so hot either. Um, do you have any last thoughts on this Bucks Sixers duo of games? Like, what would be the funniest outcome to you here? Is it they lose both games and everything falls into a total like mass hysteria? Is it they win both games and everyone's like, oh, maybe we spoke too soon after four games of basketball in less than a week? Um, what what's the funniest thing you're rooting for here, Katie?
2: I think it's that they win both games looking the exact same way.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the formula is working. That'd be pretty funny. Like just scrape out 94-91 wins against both teams. It would
2: require the Sixers and the Bucks being awful
0: Mm -hmm. to win Mm -hmm.
2: that way. But that would be the funniest to me.
0: Is there something charming to you, Katie, about the fact that every other team is able to score like 120 points, and every single Raptors game is in the 90s, and like they're a sore thumb on the list of box scores? It's kind of hilarious. I don't no, know.
2: No, that Knicks and Cavs game last night was pretty low-scoring. Yeah. I mean, Thibodeau loves a loves a defensive strategy. So.
0: Sure. Sure. Um,
2: I think that's probably what the these two teams have in common. No, I really <laughs> wouldn't call it charming
0: no a like, lack I, me, of th-
2: 3 point shooting
0: <laughs> i'm gonna, i'm just going to pull up the the box scores from uh monday night the 30th uh yeah I, i'm pretty sure there were like 12 games that night every single one both teams scored over 100 the only two teams in the entire nba to score under 100 points that night were the blazers and the raptors i think that's cool that's a badge of honor you're playing nasty ball in a world where nasty ball has been outlawed by the rules and the defensive uh disadvantages that teams find themselves at. The Raptors are zigging while they're zagging, Katie. I, 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 I like think it. you're cool. on Tick Island.
2: Who cool. with that one?
0: I'm on Lice Island. You're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Lice
2: Island, sorry. Yeah. Tick, island should be on Tick Island.
0: I'm just on like a nasty island full of small bugs. There's yeah. fleas there, there's sand fleas, there's uh, fruit flies, just like pig pen on, a, on an island yeah. talking about how the defense is good as ships pass by in the night it's great i'm having a great time <laughs> bring coconuts uh katie this is a weird podcast but i had a fun time uh <laughs> do you have any last parting shots anything you want to say or plug before we get out of here
2: nothing to say just um yeah manage your expectations everybody uh i will plug you mentioned Halloween off the top. I know it's not Halloween. It is regrettably November 1st, mm-hmm. but I did write a uh, Halloween story.
0: Hell yeah, you did.
2: About a bunch of, uh, it's like the, the it's like the MBPA, but for monsters <laughs> in the NBA, trying to find it, figure out if Victor Wabanyana is a monster. You'll have to, <laughs> you'll have to read it to find out. Is he, is he not? And what kind of monster is he, or is he not? Um, and then if you want to listen to that, uh, NBA spaces, I mentioned, mm-hmm. it was recorded so you can go to my Twitter profile, X profile, mm-hmm. uh, and you can listen to it there. We talked Hell about, yeah. we also talked about Halloween costumes.
0: That's really what we're in it for is the, the NBA talk. Fine. Halloween costume talk with Katie. I mean, we had a whole podcast about it last week. You're the best at it. You're the number one in the game. Um, I very I had yet to read your your monster story, but I'm very excited, Katie. It's one of my favorite things. It's one of the only things I do read anymore. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a very bad reader, Katie it's hard to get into it. Why would I read when video games exist? but uh, you know, that's it. We'll leave it there. Thank you so much for tuning in. Please uh, follow, subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back again tomorrow to break down the game against the Milwaukee Bucks. Might record late tonight. We'll uh, to see how the schedule's looking out. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have quick reaction the very least early tomorrow morning about the Raptors Bucks game. And then of course Raptors Sixers on Thursday. We'll recap that on Friday. We're into the recap rhythm. I like it. It's very fun. And uh my week's got a little bit of a pace and a cadence to it. Now it's swell. And we're not talking about trade stuff every day. Like we did all summer. Anyway, uh, find the show on discord link is in the description. Come hang out. We got like 235 little sickos in there, just like you waiting to talk to you about basketball and the Toronto Raptors. It's a great little place. It's a nice little family and it's uh less toxic, than all the other corners of toronto raptors internet so come hang out um, and we will talk to you again on thursday another episode of lockdown raptors thanks for hanging bye-bye
1: hey prime members